right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast. Solly here, Kill House. We've officially made it through the like eighth restart of the PGA Tour because I think really the tour starts next week. TC is here. Hello, TC. Hello. Gosh, I'm emotionally exhausted after the... The Amex, I know, is crazy. Oh, exactly. <laughs> uh, no, after last night's game and then the Rams this afternoon, it's like just emotionally bankrupt right now. Neil is here. Hello, Neil. Happy to be here. Happy Sunday. God, the NFL's been good. Right? It was tough to watch golf today. <laughs> but, we, but we did. We're going to move the runner over. And, uh, and there's a lot to talk about. A lot to talk about. Not necessarily the tournament golf that was played this week, but we will get to that. Just a bitchy week in professional yes. golf. So much bitching oh. going on. And, and, and like low energy, like I felt like both at the LPGA event with the weather and, and in, out in the desert, it just didn't seem like there was a ton of vibe going on at the uh, Amex either so but just the players just feeling you know spark a spark of energy to just bitch about things we can't week. shit on them too hard because then they'll clam up and stop talking I know but right? actually we're probably gonna shit on them pretty too hard but we've told you about Callaway's new Rogue ST drivers and fairway woods today a few words about the irons that are part of the family the Rogue ST irons have all of Callaway's latest and greatest technologies including an industry first with the faces which combine high strength 450 steel with an AI-designed face, the irons have more tungsten than the past, so the CGs are precisely located within each iron head to help you with optimal launch for each of the irons. The feel is going to be great thanks to an increased amount of patented urethane microspheres. The ro- there are the- Rogue ST Max irons for a majority of players, Rogue ST Max OS, which are more forgiving, and the Rogue ST Pros are a sleek player's iron that probably fit those of you who last year might have been a little kind of torn between the Apex and the Apex Pros. That sounds a little bit like Neil. Yes, it does. Uh, Randy's got a, a set of Rogue ST Pros coming his way. TC, why why would those be good for him? That was the first thing I thought of when Callaway came out with their new stuff. I'm like, oh, well, Randy, you're getting new <laughs> pros. He's He's been gaming the, the Rogue for Pros for the last two or three years. Uh, these are, like, they're, they're not blades. They're blade adjacent. They're super, super clean. Uh, really, really, like, thin top line, but they've got plenty of technology behind them. Uh, I'm stoked to see them. I think they're they're perfect kind of middle ground between the uh, Apex, Apex Pros, and, and then the rest of the Rogue line, too. There is absolutely something in Callaway's uh, offerings for you. You can take a look at the Rogue ST line of irons at CallawayGolf.com slash Rogue Irons. That's CallawayGolf.com slash Rogue Irons. just want to let everyone know as well, Solly's uh, utility wood showed up today. He's finally he is, arrived. He is a man of my word. Putting a hybrid in the bag. It, it, it's not a hybrid. It's yeah, a utility wood. It looks a wood. lot like a hybrid. It does. I know it's called a utility wood, but I, I'm... I'm I'm calling it a We're going to see. I feel like you got to name the utility wood, like the Craig Council or something. <laughs> yes, that's a good call. We got to come up with something good. Ben Maybe the listeners, the listeners can send something in. Name Solly's new utility wood. Also, uh, word on the street is that the Pie Man has been getting deep in the Kawa swing. Yes, I played golf driving the shit out of it yesterday. He was. He's he's uh, he's hitting the bad boy. He's turning the ball over. Really? He said yes. he went to the range for two hours today. Yeah. What? And, and all he's, all he's, he's back? doing yeah. is like almost like he's got a sword. Just, it's Kawa. Just constantly trying to get up and under. So uh, he he vanquished me in a match. Beat me uh, two and one yesterday. How many shots were you giving him? Five. 
So okay, that's that's he's two and zero this year against me. Hmm. I, I, my game's a little, yeah, it's not where it needs to be. But you know, the Beluga's hibernating right now. So <laughs> it, come on, it's it's winter. We, we we're we're gonna you know start to take off here when the, when it gets a little warmer. The There's Beluga's, a lot of fat for DJ to trim off that handicap. Yes, we're it's not gonna happen to Jack's Beach though. We need to get him off Jack's Beach. Like True. if it's you know it's not rated high enough, but. Anyways, to the Amex, uh, I think we'll we'll start there. I will say, listen, this is about as bad of a golf tournament as we'll get in this time of year, all right? But of all the guys that were up near the top of the leaderboard, the one I was rooting for the most was Hudson Swafford. So very excited for HUD. Hudson's just always cool. He's he, a great dude. He's, he's what you see is what you get. Interesting career. Third career win. Uh, first one was at, uh, at this very event, exactly. I think 2017. And then he won at uh, Punta Cana, I think, uh, a couple years ago. And uh, he's never made the cut at a major before. He's got so much game. Like, yes. he hits the shit out of the ball. I think there's been injury concerns, right, or injury issues. Uh, but, yeah, it's just kind of one of those guys. He's, I, I mean, I guess he's won three times in the last five years now, though. So I mean, enormous game. I, I, <laughs> I, I say this a little bit tongue-in-cheek with the Harris English comps that he gets a lot, but the dude really does flush it. Like, up close, yeah. when you watch him hit balls, it has a it has that sound that maybe, like, 10% of the dudes out there actually have. It, I'm, you know, congrats to uh, Hudson. He just doesn't doesn't make me feel much, though. He feels a little bit like the default golfer in, like, Tiger Woods, you know, 2K22. Like, the, you know, the name, the Peter Millar threads, the, it's just kind of like very stock country club. It's tough for me to, like, get excited about it, you know. But I agree with you. I, I was looking him up. Um, 36th in strokes gained approach. So, looks like he, he, you know, putted it pretty well this week. As we talked about last time, that's kind of, you know, you get a hot putter. That's how these guys go and win three times but then miss the cut at every major they're in. Uh, career earnings, what do you guys think for for Hudson? 8.48? Yes. I, have, I was getting ready to ask you guys. Sorry, I ruined the game. Ruined it. You plus 1.3 today. So How plus old is 10. he? Like 32, 36, 33? I think. 34. He's 34, 34. years old. Okay. So with, with some injury, you know, I remember when he was in that uh, Bridgestone commercial, like before oh, he had done anything on tour. And Kuchar. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, who is there? this dude? Well, he's one of the, you know, he's part of like the UGA mafia, you know, like all the, one, he's one of the Bulldogs. So they got, you know, another, chalk another win up for the Bulldogs. It's he's been, part of the, hot. the, not only the UGA mafia, but the Sea Island mafia. That's right. Too. Yeah, moves from 123rd to 7th in the FedEx Cup. Oh, man. How about Season it? long race for the FedEx Cup. Get Weird 22 had a question. When was the last time uh, with a less interesting leaderboard at, at this point on a Sunday? I dropped this one in. I thought that was a great question. Uh, the, the one that jumped to mind for me was the Honda last year. And I looked it up. It's Matt Jones, Brendan Hagee, uh, Seifert. Yeah. Who? Excuse Come again? Who? Matt Jones. Uh, CT, the Pan Man, and Denny McCarthy. McCarthy. That's a good one. That's a good poll. Yeah. I would have struggled. That, with I, and I'm I, sure there's I was one on the pod for the Honda <laughs> last year. I was like, oh, God. It was similar. Like, oh, we're going to have to make something, uh, make some magic here. Denny McCarthy, T6 here as well. Yeah. It's kind of he a, had a, he's had a, he, That dude gets hot on weekends at the, whatchamacallit, RSM the, in the fall. He, like, almost put a 59 watch out there on a day, like a super blustery day. Before um, we shit all over the tournament, let's just go down the leaderboard a little bit. Sure. Uh, Tom Hoagie. Um, grinder's grinder. Oh, yeah. Which he's, I appreciate. He's what, the North Dakota guy? Or? I get it. Yeah. Grinder, hoagie. Yeah. <laughs> was that unintentional? That was unintentional. <laughs> uh, Harmon. Shout out to Megaport. God, I, lo- I love love Harmon. Love when, when little Bry's doing some, some big things. That's that's always fun to watch. I I, I think it's great when he's he's in the hunt. Uh, Lonto, courageously overcoming uh, 
the uh, injury he sustained a couple weeks ago, picking up his dog mm. and heard something pop in his back and, and fought through it to a, uh, a T3 this week. TC's uh, like, you know, decided that Lonto's not his, not his guy. And I, it, it's a storyline I've, I've loved watching unfold over the last year or two. Like, Lonto hadn't done anything to TC. No, he, well, he's, he's, he actually seems like a pretty thoughtful, nice guy. I just, I just don't. I don't like his bomb and gouging. And well, I, th- I think it started with his with his uh, no, his, his threads his too. Apparel. He didn't like his his shoes. It's so unlike TC though to just like have like a, a an opinion <laughs> like based off like five minutes of data and then extract it for like five years. I know that is out of character for you. <laughs> no, it's just great. Like Lonto came on the scene like two years ago. And he's just like. Fuck that guy. I don't like him. I don't like I said, why? I, I don't know. I just don't. I'm not into his vibe. I There's don't like it. There's totally room for that as sports fans, though. There's yes. totally athletes yeah. out there that just, I don't have a great reason why I don't like that guy, but I don't like him. Well, I guess that's kind of how I feel about Hudson Swafford. Like, I trust you. I've never yeah. met him. You guys, you know, yeah, you know, he strikes it great, but he just doesn't, I don't have any disdain for him, but I just don't, he doesn't excite me in any way. I, I it's, he's an exceptionally nice guy, and I hate saying that as like a, a pat on the back, but like he's, a great, great dude to hang out. That's with. what extremely I, pleasant I dude. Totally yeah. agree, but just from as yeah. a sure. fan of golf, I'm str- I'm struggling to to be hyped right now. Of all the the you know middle aged young middle aged guy white guys out on tour, he's he's the middle aged white <laughs> white guy, like most middle aged white. Yes, guy probably like right at like the the normal tour average, like in career earnings. Like he is yeah. number out of two hundred, he's number one hundred. Yeah. Went like, to Georgia, yeah. went to Sea Island. <laughs> well, just between him, like Harris English and and Patton Kazire, just like with the names and the Sea Island, you're just like, oh my god, you guys are like, you know, you're, you're Patton played pretty it's well just, this week. Yeah, I know. It's just like fratastic in every way. Lee Hodges, um, he gave it a great run. He was pretty close up there. A Bama guy, Corn Ferry Tour grad. I, I did a lot of research, some research on him, thinking he might actually win win this one. He's but, got the uh, biggest vineyard vines. It's a yeah. whale on his shirt I've ever seen. I mean, it, it looks like the beluga. Well, yeah, and then that, the, he had on the back too, on the back yoke. The, the and then he's got a breaching. he's got a local car dealership on there too, <laughs> from uh, Athens, Alabama, I think. Will Zalatoris is back, shot nineteen under, finished T six, um, and then yeah, Denny McCarthy, Francesco Molinari making an appearance. On I the cannot board. figure out Francesco I Molinari's career. So I was going to bring that up to you guys as well. I, I respect it. He keeps he kind of ebbs and flows, and uh, you know, good to see him back on the leaderboard. Um, a lot of guys. Uh, Really, really falling down the leaderboard today. Like Paul Barjan, who's who's had a great run on Corn Ferry the last couple of years. Um, Are gosh. we in the nest? Yeah. PGA West kind of bucked a little bit today. I So, like, we can get into this now. I like PGA West. I just don't like the other two courses, yeah. right? And It's and a I horrible think, flow. And the whole pro-am thing when there's no celeb. Like, I know we bitch about the celebs, but it's like, and I know it's a big fundraiser for charities and stuff but man it's just it just stinks up like they can't they can't set the course up hard i mean shit back in the mid to late 80s like they had to move this tournament because <laughs> the course was too hard because the course was too hard like sean martin wrote a really really good piece on it uh a few years ago and uh here's a quote from tom watson i'm sick and tired of these courses it requires you to execute shots that no sane golfer should be expected to play uh Dye visited the TV booth during the final round. It didn't offer a rebuttal. This is in 1987. Wanted his course to speak for itself. Sitting between announcers Vin Scully and Lee Trevino, which 
would li- like yeah. would listen oh, yeah. to that broadcast yes. crew. I'm glad to hear the golf professionals think that there's at least a challenge out there. They'll learn to play this golf course. They're great players. We're just giving them the opportunities to hit great golf shots. And uh, I think, like what the like what the hell's changed? Yeah, right? the athletes are just that much better, uh, right? It's I all mean, athletes. Yeah, they've been in the gym, They're training. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They've been in the gym. That's crazy how that could I'm, happen. The course is like I find some of those uh, the mounding and. You know, interesting. Like sixteen, like the the you know milk carton bunkers, great. But there's shot value out there. Like yeah. it's it's especially yeah. where they had the pins today and the firm, like just a little bit of firmness in greens. Look what that did today. Like mm-hmm. the par three thirteenth hole, that hole was super difficult today. Seventeen was like, dude, if you land this on the back half of the green, Siwoo Kim, boom, right back in the water. Like at least this tournament had some consequence to the golf shots. It was not the first two tournaments of the year have been pin your ears back and you're yeah. not making bogeys coming in. So it's just how whether or not you make birdie or par, this had bogeys in it. Hudson made two bogeys on the back nine and shot like 500 on the back nine. He had an insane back nine, but at least it had some consequence to it. So it flowed there at the end. It was a, it was a tough, tough route getting there. Um, I don't, were there any other comments on the setup this week? I don't remember if I... Oh, I do have one, actually. Sorry, I have it here. Piece of <laughs> shit fucking setup. Putting contest week. That is a quote from John Rahm walking off one of the greens to the next one. Not not trying to not be heard by saying that. This is right near all the fans. That's the Rahm we know and love. I love like, it. As long as that stays present... In and amongst his yes. his super well adjusted thoughtful guy, thing. like I still want to see that fire from hundred yeah. percent. Henny Bogan had a great line. If you think I'm ever going to call this the Amex again, you're crazy. This will forever be piece of shit fucking setup putting contest week. Got a point. I'll say Jay Dunn twenty three. Does Rom have a point? Of course, yes, he does. You know, this is a putting contest tournament, but. My question would be, why are you playing it, right? I mean, you're the number one player in the world. Well, Mickelson's the host, right? Right. There's, so Steve Lloyd's got yeah, his tentacles everywhere. Yeah, it's kind of a home game for him. There's obligation pretty, there. I get it. but like, game, but close. And I totally get the frustration of, like, when things aren't going to, to plan that you want to get mad at something and something like the setup is super easy just to not like that. I, I do that in tournament all the time. Like, the, the tournament, the course can be totally fine. And if I'm playing bad, I'm just pissed off at the whole, every little bunker that's out there. It's not like he was even playing bad. He, he was T14. That's I mean, a bad week for Rob with this field. Well, we had a good question, too, from Mr. S. Vanek. Uh, is there a more entertaining golfer to watch have a bad day on PGA Tour Live than, than Rom? No. And I was like, I mean, maybe Hatton, you know, when he yeah. starts beating himself up. But uh, but Rom's got to be up at the top of the list. That video was after Saturday, right? That was a Saturday video? During Saturdays. He shot 67 on Saturday. Well, he couldn't make a putt. Like, he, he lipped out, like, four or five putts. So they had a whole montage of so all. he lost the putting contest. He lost the putting contest, which, um, yeah. It, it, I get it. Like, I, I just don't even know if I – after watching the course today, I don't even know if I really agree. Like, I felt like today was a ball-striking contest. Yeah, I I, I think it's got to be tough for him the first three days. Where, like, yeah. they got to get, a, you know, full field through three courses with amateurs – Although props to them for like the um, the two genocidal Indonesian warlords mm. were in the in the uh, amateur field this year. Huge props to them <laughs> for not <laughs> for no longer having those. Hey people man, we got to start somewhere, you know. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you've got you know you got all sorts of rich old dudes out there playing. You got to make sure that they can. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's I mean, it, course is fine. It's average, but the tournament just feels so stuck between. Yeah. Release patterns, for lack of a better term. It, it just does. It, it, they need to move it, or I, I just hate that 
it, it's it so feels boring. like a fall event. In, yeah. In, but like this also goes up against football, and thankfully this will be the last PGA Tour golf that goes up against football. You know, in in this, you know, because the farmers that we'll we'll discuss here is Wednesday through Saturday this week, not going up against conference championships. Thank God. Like it just feels like there doesn't need to be a tournament going on yet. PGA Tour mandate is to play as many tournaments for as much money as possible, so they host a tournament with a bad. Well, field. some of it, like some other tournaments, I feel this way about, like like uh, Byron Nelson, for instance, feels a little bit like this, and that's AT and T's a sponsor. I feel like Amex is it's almost like an afterthought because they sponsor so much stuff. It doesn't feel like they're putting a ton of. It's probably a good card holder in. thing for them, and and then they can you know like your boy Ed Bastian, the CEO of Delta, was playing this week. You know. Shout out to Ed. You know, yeah. I'm glad he got he got his kicks in. And, and I understand that it's it almost feels like the tournament is very important uh, to the people that are there. Whether it looks like it would be fun to be a fan, it looks really laid back, and there's plenty of you know like a good course to watch golf on, you know, stadium course. But for TV, it's just no good, no. and it's no fun to watch, and there's no no excitement. The field stinks. It's it's tough. It's I need tough. to go to Palm Springs sometimes. It looks just like such a bizarre place. It's a little bit. It I've is. Never been. It is. It is a weird place. But well, you asked you asked a question um, earlier. If if you know you had five tournaments, you could just straight up delete from the calendar. Like what would they be? And not like non fall versions. Yeah. So like uh, you know, I think this would be one of them. This would definitely be one of them. That's that, my my five tournaments again. If it was straight up, take them away. You don't need to have a tournament this this week or the or the bottom five that you'd be totally fine if they did not play this year. Mine are Amex, the 3M, Rocket Mortgage. Zurich and Byron Nelson. That'd be my five. No offense to anyone. No offense. Of course, no offense to anyone. I got my my list mirrors that. I'm gonna lead it off though. Anything and everything at Bell Reeve. Whenever <laughs> they go to Bell Reeve, what a totally unnecessary shot. Just a drive by. Yeah, I mean, you know, if, whether it's a PGA Championship or, or you want the St. Louis people in your mentions, you are actively seeking them out. Best now. fans in golf, man. <laughs> the Zurich, the Zurich stinks. Honda. I can't stand yeah. Honda. Honda's on my list too. Byron Nelson and then 3M. Yeah, I can't argue with any of those. I, think I like I, I like the Rocket Mortgage. I've kind of got Houston, Byron Nelson, Texas Valero. Like, it, there's too many tournaments in Texas. Like, just let's let's you know you, you guys pick. Like, even the Colonial. Like, I would you know I would keep Colonial. I think that one has the most history and tradition and the best field. But I just I would love to see him. Get more creative with the locations. Like, go to the Pacific Northwest. Like, how can we not get more parts of the country involved? And when there's... Especially middle of the summer. You know, four tournaments in Texas, and then this one kind of runs right in. Like, you got waste management. You know, you've got... Like, I honestly, the farmers is kind of on my list. Like, I'm, I'd be good not seeing Tory every... Wow. Every I year. like the farmers. Like, I don't like Tory, but I, I maybe it's just hangover from Tiger God, playing Neil, it. Neil, you're such an architecture elitist. <laughs> No, I just I think that course is boring on TV, and like I, you know, I get my dose of paragliders. Like, every, you know, maybe they could just change up the the location. I feel like something always happens at Farmers, though. Like, it may it's not. Like that's, the, it's the start of the golf season. Yeah, and it was probably again from when the cat would start his golf season. But like, it's a better field. I I, I don't know why I get I tune in for Farmers. You know what they should do with the Amex is turn it turn it into the Sioux Stableford or like the, like I miss the International. Like if it's gonna be a birdie fest, like. You know, change up the scoring. I don't know. Make it unique in some way. I, at least the Zurich has tried to make it unique. It's stupid, but, you know, I, I give them credit for trying. True. I'll give them that. They have walk-up music. Yeah, they got walk-up music. Heard that's, that. that's what, that's that's what Neil likes. That's what Neil likes. Do you want to talk about Cantlay? I do. I do want to mention Cantlay. Um, of course, I love, you know, 
everyone's favorite treadstone asset. He's he's a true killer, but the pace of play stuff is an issue. And maybe he's killing people with pace of play. No, he's just taking so damn long on the greens. And some of the guys on the message board in the refuge were talking about it too. It's taking him like a minute and fifty seconds to putt, like from when the you know the other guy goes. Like he's just studying it from every angle. He's never in a hurry. And I don't know, like we talked about it last week. It's like the tour needs to be more proactive with this stuff. It's just like. It just sucks to watch these guys play so damn slow, and I think Cantlay's a like a repeat offender, and you know he needs to be he needs to be called out for it. I'll say the same. I I consider it cheating. I do like it's willfully breaking the rules, and they're not you know they're not like the rules say forty five seconds, right? When, when you're, you're out, out of position. position, but like that's the rules say you must make a concerted effort to play quickly, swiftly, right? And I I think they the tour should up, adjust the rule. To just make it like very black and white of like, yo, don't take too long to play. It's it's just not good for the game, and it sucks to watch. So speed up, can't like, come on. I think he's got some he's got some goodwill in the bank from taking down Bryson. Like I want to um, root for him, but I hate that he plays so slow. We'll I feel like he's gotten fun. better. I, I don't I didn't see this this issue today, but I felt like at least the TV has gotten better at not. You know when he's doing his feet shuffle thing, they yeah. they get in maybe a little bit later into it, but it doesn't feel like uh, it's been an issue you know, nearly as much as it has in the past, but the, I, I didn't notice it. This one week. other guy I want to call out from Amex is uh, Harold Varner, the third. I, I love HV3. He has some Icarito in him too. So it's very relatable. I feel like he gets going. He's got some Felix Baumgartner. And then like, you know, holes 10 through 13, something really big and bad happens. And he, nobody gets dropped from coverage quicker than HV3. Like <laughs> it, it just goes sideways. And then he, you know, they show him tapping in. It's like, Ooh, man, that, that was a tough finish. Not so. his, always with the, you know, not his day, but yeah. I'm sure he'll have it. And I'm, so I'm rooting for him because I know today. how that feels. And it's like, damn, I'm, I really want him to uh, to break through and get a big win. I mean, Varner, Seamus Power, I, I know we got to mention him. Of course. Uh, all of our Irish folks out there. Uh, he got vaporized today. Uh, Higgs played bad. Harry Higgs played bad today. Uh, Sahith Degala, uh, Joseph Bramlett, Cameron Young shot 77. I, I was... I loved watching him on Corn Ferry the last last couple of years. He's been fantastic. Uh, was was looking forward to watching more of him today, and he just got absolutely ejected. But that was out there today. Totally. Like, uh, that's you know that's that's a it was uh, kind of out there like the first couple of days too. Like if you're not on, like yeah. Matt Wolf or Mickelson got oh my God. posterized. Um, Shout out to Martin Trainer making the cut as well. T fifty five. He had a tough day today, seventy five, but a T fifty five for him. That's very unsarcastic. He's he's stringing together some made cuts, man. Didn't DJ uh, pick him? I don't know if he. That did. That was last week, I think. Yeah, he was he was a week early on Trainer. <laughs> uh, I feel like we saw a lot of Siwoo. He had a ni- really nice f bomb on yeah. uh, on DJ's the online coverage. Live. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I feel like we saw a lot of him, despite him finishing T eleven and and. You know, playing pretty well on Sunday. Uh, he also had that that sorority or fraternity looking uh, letters on uh, his back. That's hole right. Over yeah. Windbreaker. It's got you know ATO. Yeah, PGA Tour outerwear on his left and chest. Sure enough. Oh, you are. I noticed <laughs> the PGA Tour outerwear thing. I was like, well, are they? Re- what What are they doing? It the was branding? a live under par. I, I I somebody from that worked on that sponsorship deal reached out. He said he could explain it to us, and I was like, no, I'm good. Yeah, like, no thanks. I think we're good. God, Joe R. Curie just keeps like he's the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, I also want to give out a shout out to Sabatini's outfit. Distinct hitter Blanco vibes. It was so classy. And then someone, uh, I saw a video of him taking his sweater off with his hat still on, which is. Serial killer vibe for sure. <laughs> All 
Well, as we move on from the Amex, I say this now, there's five teams remaining in the NFL playoffs, but by the time you listen to this, there will be four teams remaining in the NFL playoffs. That means only four teams left for you to bet on at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any team, bet just $5, and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. If you're not a new customer, you can experience the conference championships with same-game parlays, combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout, the more legs you add the more money you can win DraftKings is safe secure and reliable best of all you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want so download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now use promo code NLU get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team bet just five dollars and win 280 in free bets if your team wins that's promo code NLU for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NFL must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. Only new customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Does that, ever get, does that ever, ever get like stuck in your head like when you're driving around? Oh, for like, sure. The, the, the legalese at the end? People think I'm reading that off something. I'm pre- I, I memorized it. That's all, that's all burned in my memory. Who you got in the Super Bowl? Uh, I... Can we at least get through tonight's game before I pick no, that? Because if I say no. the Bills then and they lose tonight, that's not going to be good. Niners, Bengals, baby. Let's go. I, I am hyped. I am fully on the Cincy bandwagon. The Bengals are electric. Randy hasn't talked to me since last night. I was too too harsh on Zach Taylor in our text thread with Poosh. But I, I think if it's if it's Niners, Bengals, I think I gotta I gotta root for the Bengals. You're gonna I, I like I, I'm a denounce Shanny Bengals fan. I just I know what it would mean to the city of Cincinnati and and you know Shanny's gonna he's got plenty of Super Bowls in his God, future. That was such an awesome game. Both those games yesterday were incredible. I mean, uh, and today was yeah, today Vrabel was great too. Well, I mean, I hated seeing the Rams almost gift wrapped that to TB12. I'm thrilled they won, but they they did everything they could. Not if Shanny beats McVeigh seven times in a row, That's this insane. this would be the seventh win in a row against McVeigh. I didn't realize that seems it was unlikely. that lop, lopsided. McVay won three out of the first four, and then interesting. This will be game eleven. Well, stick to golf, guys. Come on. So. Thomas Peters wins yet again his second win in three months. This is his sixth win on the Dude Perfect World Tour. Officially back. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, somebody was asking. They're like, "Do you guys just hate Dude Perfect or something?" Like, I'm no, no, not. We got no. no issue with the dudes. <laughs> that's just DP. That's exactly <laughs> yeah. what they're Dan Patrick World Tour. That's what Dude it stands Perfect for. Come on, the Danica Patrick World Tour. Come yeah. on. How much um, did you get to watch much from Yas Links? I actually did. I I recorded it this morning. I watched most of the final round, and then uh, it was there were some pretty frothy conditions all week. Friday was really yeah. spicy. Dudes hitting just punches all over the yard. Rory said afterward he didn't feel like he had a stock shot all week. Like also some other quotes from players. It seems like they may not like that very much. Which how about Rory even before the week saying that he's not going to hit many drivers this year? Yeah, that's confusing. Like, yeah, you're one of the best hitters of drivers in the world uh, ever in the history of the game. And you know what? That's your big advantage. I'm just going to hit more three-woods this year because the cat did that too. Cat was also not a good driver of the yeah. golf ball. Rory, I think you're, it's a little bit different. But uh, I don't know where that quote was or who he said that to or what, what the official strategy there I'll was behind it. it. But, yeah, that's a little little troublesome. But I just want Rory to hit better wedges. Like, let's let's focus on other Which, parts of the game. Which it sounded like he was kind of intimating that in, in the quotes, but. Mm. Uh, yeah, it was. I I thought the the move to Yas Links was fantastic. <laughs> Some others did not. Some people maybe disagree. 
Um, I believe, you know, in the same week in which there was a drone strike uh, in Abu Dhabi. Missiles and drones. Yeah. Uh, Tyrrell Hatton, about the 18th hole, said, I would love for a bomb to drop on it and blow it up to oblivion, to be honest. Uh, after th- after this week, Hatton suggested he might take a more reasoned approach to the hole should the tournament return to Yas Links in future years. He said, perhaps I may not be back. Unless they redo it in the next 358 days. And Rory, oh yeah, so let, let's let's just, let's do the Hatton part now. So he's talking about the 18th hole. He says, that must be one of the worst par fives I've ever seen in my life. And over the last two days, I've clearly played it as well as it was designed. What's wrong with it? Where do you start? It shouldn't have a bunker in the middle of the fairway, and it shouldn't be over 600 yards from a forward tee. If you hit a good drive as a pro, you should have at least a chance to go for the green in two. Otherwise, the hole becomes a par three, and that's if you play it well. Hardly anyone will get there in two with the wind even slightly against you. Do we need to pause? Because we can go through. He he also goes into great details of all of the ways he messed up the hole. He made a nine on it. He said, I definitely still think it is an awful hole. Today we were off the very back tees, and, and you wonder why when you want to encourage aggressive golf and make it exciting for the spectators. I'm obviously not a fan. If we're coming back here next year, it would be nice if they redesigned it. Uh, he's pissed that he hit his bunk, his tee shot down the middle into that ridiculous bunker. <laughs> here's, Pro- the, here's the thing. I disagree with him on his you know evaluation of a good and bad par fives. And I don't, I haven't, didn't, get to watch much of this so i don't have like a ton of firsthand knowledge but i do appreciate him speaking his mind even if it it's there's like a lot of bitch even mind. if it's bitch <laughs> this is bitchy i don't want to discourage him from doing more of that I mean, because i enjoy it solly keep going like the, the shit that he says i hit a three iron into the water behind the green and had to drop my ball into the vegetation behind the hazard <laughs> And the greenside bunker, where it was basically unplayable just like the day before when I chopped it into the bunker. Someone could easily hurt their wrist playing from that stuff. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough look for him. I did the same thing this next time. I chunked it in the bunker and left it in the sand with my next shot. Then I splashed out and two-putted. I lost count of how many I've taken by, I'd taken by then. This whole concept, though, of like these golf courses have to be like exactly or how I like them or I'm not coming next year. It's yeah. just like so, so, I don't know what the, like, the, 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 the tour pros might just have too much power, right? And like, I've totally lost perspective. And we're going to get into like five different other ways that other tour pros maybe have lost some perspective over time and just like operating in their own sphere of like, and I, I get it. Like you have so many options or where you want to play. Like where would I go play somewhere where I don't like? But I think that's what leads to so many of golf's problems and why the setups are very formulaic. People don't like this uncomfortable nature of just any kind of shot bouncing away that they don't want to. Like Abu Dhabi, the original Abu Dhabi club is, that is a totally nothing golf nothing. course. It kind of reminds me of, uh, you know, it. it's like a Palm Springs course. Pretty much. Right? And this is at least different with some variables. I'm not claiming Yoslings is great. I thought it was okay, but a I little bit. I think it's interesting to watch yeah, as some, a viewer. Some random humps and bumps and stuff that yeah. is, you know, it adds some variability to it, but it didn't look like a genius design. Eight, the 18th hole... I think does is not great. If I look at the overheads, like I think, I think it's I, interesting. It is. I think he's got a point in terms of you know there should be some element of risk reward to the hole. Otherwise, like it, I, I I can agree that a three shot hole can be really fun and interesting if there's like strategy and options as to where to lay it up. When there's water all down the left side and you have to like lay it up to the this exact spot, I don't think that's necessarily interesting. Yeah, but I if, think the hole could be improved. If you got like pot bunkers that you need to avoid and maybe create different angles to approach different kind of pins, like the 
I'm thinking of the 17th hole at uh, TPC Scottsdale, which is a drivable four, but like where they put that pin leads you to like different places you want to lay up to. If you're not going for the green, that it can be interesting, you know, it, you know, if you're not just going forward in two. So I kind of get it, but at the same time, this whole attitude of like Rory saying he's not coming back until 2026 because of Yas Lynx, like that's just disappointing. It's just funny to me though that like Hatton's all pissed off that he hit it in the center line bunker. And it but you, like you know you can't get home in two. So why are you hitting in this like why are you hitting it out there into the center line bunker? Like that you're you're like you're not thinking this shit. Yeah, through, if you man. can't get there, like lay up short of the yeah. off the tee with a three wood. So it's not even a factor. The best place bunkers are the ones that are exactly where you want to hit it. Yeah, like, that's well, why. So did Rory like? Did he have comments on the course as like similar? Because if he doesn't, it's totally fine if they don't like the course and like, you know, Rory's allowed to not come back. Like I don't have a problem with him saying that. I just I don't have a problem with Hatton saying this. I disagree with what he's saying, and he sounds, you know. Um, Bitchy. Wimpy, bitchy, <laughs> but it, you know, he's allowed to feel that way. I just disagree with his, you know, entitlement that he should be able to reach every par five he plays in two. Like, I think that's, that's not, or that they need to redesign it if they, if they're going to come back here next year. Yeah. That's the part that bothered me. Like it's the golf courses exist three, like 51 other weeks of the year. It's not just, not everything is about professional golf. Yeah. I guess what I'm saying with Rory is like, if somebody asked him, Rory, what'd you think of the course this week? I didn't like it. Like he's, you know, that's. I think that's a totally fine assessment. I also I would love to hear players say more stuff like that about the courses they play. Rory was asked about it. And he was told the event will be played here for at least another three years. Uh, his smiling response said it all. "Quote: See you in 2026." That's from John Huggins' Golf Digest article. <laughs> like, all right, guys, and I, I don't know. You're all playing the same fucking golf course too. And it's there's an entertainment aspect to this that like we probably weren't getting out of Abu Dhabi the original course but whatever except for when Fleetwood hit that that one shot that shot into the sun and the sandstorm it was sick uh Victor Dubuisson had a t4 <laughs> I honestly had kind of forgotten about that guy that was that seemed like a random one and some uh, great facial hair too great facial hair and uh anything else from Abu Dhabi Scott Jameson really really good week for him he's actually a Pontevedra guy yes um I don't know it's just it was a it was an interesting leaderboard I thought uh you know I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was it was a nice change of pace from what you'd normally have in the desert. Akshay Bhatia, 19 years old, wins the Bahamas Great Exuma Classic. His girlfriend, Presley, was on the bag for that. We actually had a chance to catch up with Akshay briefly after the win. Let's go ahead and play that now. All right, so we're recording this a couple days after your first career win on the Corn Ferry Tour. What's, what's the coolest thing that's happened in the last 48 hours? Oh, I don't even know. It was really overwhelming. The night I won, so overwhelming. You know, everyone texting me and all the social media, and it's just been crazy. And trying to come come here two days later and prep for another event, like nothing really happened, is is hard. <laughs> but I think the coolest thing is I hit a hundred thousand followers on Instagram, which I've wanted to see and I've wanted to do for <laughs> such a long time. So who helps out with my Instagram we were pumped about that <laughs> <laughs> that nothing says I'm still a teenager that you're most excited about <laughs> hitting, hitting 100,000 followers on Instagram but so so what does this do for you man like you you know what is this does this change anything for you in terms of what your expectations are I mean I know it's a it's a kind of immediate after this but what are, what are your thoughts there I mean expectations I don't know if change but 
just nice to be able to have a schedule now. Uh, the first four events to, you know, to make a cut and play my way into the reshuffle for the rest of the season and to finally have a full year now on this tour, obviously getting ahead of the head of the pack. And now I can just kind of free up a little bit, less stress for sure. And it's really cool. So I'm, I'm happy I was able to get that win. And yeah, it's crazy. So crazy. <laughs> Did this feel early in the process for you in terms of, you know, winning on the Corn Ferry Tour? You're, like I said, you're 19 years old. Does that, you know, I, I feel like you, you've taken a very long-term approach to your professional career. And, you know, you want to get out early, get acclimated to, you know, start the process. But do you feel like now maybe you're even ahead of where you uh, maybe ex you thought you'd be at this point? Yeah, I mean, it's so hard to say. All the experiences I've had on the PGA Tour, top tenning being in contention a couple times, going through the really lows and going through some highs. I think it was just bound to happen, and I didn't know when it was going to happen. It could happen another year or, you know, six months from now or whenever, but I knew the game was there. It's just how mentally can I overcome the self-pressure I put on myself and playing against these guys, obviously, it's, you know, it's a different level. So I think being able to play a bunch of tour events really helped me and realize that once I got out here, maybe I had a little more edge knowing that some of these guys really haven't played any tour events. Some of these guys haven't contended in tour events. And I think that that really helped me and prepared me for this tour. So what's it like trying to close out a golf tournament with someone on your bag that is not a seasoned caddy? What can you tell us about what that process is like? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. She's always supported me. She's been there for me, you know, watched every event almost. And just for everything to happen this last week, it was, I guess it was just meant to be. I mean, she caddies for me. We get a free room at Sandals right on the golf course. You know, we're in the Bahamas. Everything, you know, couldn't have planned out better. But yeah, I don't know. I guess just having her there, she's a really calm person and maybe having her presence there helped me out a little bit, but it was awesome. And it's a story we're going to remember for the rest of our lives. And yeah, it was funny. We were joking about, you know, what if we did win this week right before we left? What if we did, you know, win and how cool would that be? And for it to actually happen is, you know, it's amazing. Well, it's funny because I remember Max Holmes told us a story about a caddy he had in the Bahamas that was not a seasoned caddy at all. And he felt like he was having to work extra hard to like caddy for his caddy during the event as well as playing it. Do you experience that at all with, with her on the bag with not knowing like intricacies of golf or that, that all went over fine? She's I think at first, you know, when we met, she didn't she didn't really know anything about golf. And I think with her watching me you know, probably seven, eight events and coming in here, she pretty much knew what to do. I told her where to stand. She would get the flag. She would, she was polite to everyone. She washed my golf clubs, washed my, washed my balls. And she, uh, she would use her nails to clean my grooves, which is pretty fun. Yeah, she did great. It was really, really fun. Does this, you know, I guess your plans for the year, are you, uh, you know, seeking any sponsors exemptions on the PGA Tour this year? Does this win change your plans and trying to figure out your path to the PGA Tour? Are you fully, de fully dedicated to the Corn Ferry Tour? What can people expect out of you this year? Honestly, I have no idea. I'd like to probably focus out here. My goal has changed a little bit now. 
of trying to just finish number one on this and on the top 25 and get into the players, get into the U.S. Open in 2023. So those are kind of the, you know, the goals I want to, you know, set for myself. And maybe I'll get a sponsor exemption here or there, but I'll leave that up to my agents to, to figure all that out. That's awesome. Well, we'll let you get back to celebrating in the Bahamas and uh, don't celebrate too hard. You got an event starting up here in a, in a couple of days as well. So, but uh, thanks as always for coming on and joining. Good luck to you and congrats, man. We're really excited for you. Thank you. Thanks. How about that? Huh? I mean, a lot of people gave him a lot of shit for that process, still continue to give him shit for, you know, going the route that he's gone and he's 19 years old and has won on the corn fairy. Yeah, I, I'm rooting for him. I got, I, you know, I think especially the way he, finished the tournament he stuffed the pinata yeah good for him i hope he pans out you know what i mean i don't want him to become like a cautionary tale uh, say is there a good comp for him and i have one name that comes to mind kevin Na. kevin Nah. that was the exact we might have talked about this before but that was exactly what i thought of because he he skipped college yep. right and and kind of uh i think it you know he struggled there for a while and, yep. and got it together what was Nas like first two or three years like did he go straight to the tour or was it Corn Ferry, I, I just, like, I'm not super familiar with his first two or three years on tour. I'm not either, but I'll just say this about Akshay. Like, if people thought the plan was, the, the, I don't ever think his mindset was, I'm so good, I'm going to the PGA Tour at age 17. It was just like, hey, college is not for me. I'm going to start my pro career early. Got I'm going to hope, I'm got a lot of money. I'm going to hope to beat the curve on, you know, some of these guys. And like, gosh, in that interview, he says, you know, I've always respected this about him. Like when he was an amateur, he was like traveling to Monday qualifiers for Corn Ferry Tour. Like that dude put himself out there for a long time. And he referenced like having some reps on PGA Tour, in PGA Tour events, top 10 in PGA Tour events. He even said like a lot of those guys have not played in the in as big of events as I've played in. And like I used that experience to help win on the Corn Ferry Tour. Like good for him. Now his goals change. He said he's going to, he's trying to win, going to be number one on the Corn Ferry Tour. So he gets in the players, gets in the U.S. Open and things like that. Like, Props to him, man. He seems like he's got a, a great kid, good head on his shoulders, and uh, and playing some really good golf. You talk so. to any kid that's graduated high school the last four or five years, and like all of them speak absolutely glowingly of him too. Like, yeah, work ethic, plays well at the right times. Like he's he seems like you know I know he catches stick because he's on social all the time and all that, but seems like he's about the right stuff. Yep. Does this story change now with the NIL stuff? You think like can guys going to college they could sign you know, massive sponsorship deals and, and play in school too. I'd be interested to ask a, a college coach about how recruiting has gone now yeah. with the NIL stuff, but it doesn't yeah. seem to be a ton of money flowing into golf on Even that Even like front. college basketball, it doesn't seem like, I mean, I know baseball like or uh, football, all the NIL stuff seems to be blowing up, but I was reading an athletic article. Uh, our friend Brendan Quinn wrote it just about the basketball stuff and how sli how much even like more slimy it's gotten with AAU coaches reaching out about transfers and all that. And it's like, everybody's considering transferring at all times. It sounds awful. It's, yeah. Gosh, I hate being the, this is where I stop watching this. Yeah. But, like, it's kind of getting there, man. The, yeah. the immediate transfer stuff makes it pretty darn hard to, to I don't know, root in the same way. But also just doesn't help to be a lot older than the kids playing college. That doesn't now. help the relatability. So, on the LPGA Tour, Danielle Kang ran away with it here. Uh, weird weather week in Florida and uh, up in Jax as well. It's been cold. It was a, a weird vibe at that tournament. It's weird also a, a different tournament going to Lake Nona. Gamebridge was at 
uh, Lake Nona last year. This is the now the Hilton Grand Vaca- Grand Vacations. Big Flask no longer involved right. in it. We may, we may have to call Big Flask back Big up. Big Flask cashed out, you know, and and his presence was was missed dearly we were pretty hard on big flask and the boys uh last year for their coverage of this event focusing too much on the celebrities big flask went on the trap draw podcast you know said i hear you guys we're gonna make it better and then he was gone by the time uh this tournament rolled back around and there was a decent amount of celebrity coverage but it wasn't the atrocity it wasn't the marty fish no invitational there at the end it felt like it was pretty decently complimentary they don't have that many cameras out there to begin with they uh anyways danielle kang the mud hen sport a new haircut went out and won it on sunday G- uh, gabby lopez uh faded pretty hard I there like gabby lopez was just gonna uh, waltz away yeah, with it. it i watched the whole thing today and it was like gabby and nelly just did not show up they were both low really energy. frustrated low energy and flubbing chips it was just and just the weather the whole the whole feel of the place just didn't didn't seem like there was a lot of Good juju out there, um, but congrats to Danielle Kang. She played. She played awesome. Yeah, I don't. I don't love Nelly the second you throw some conditions into the into the mix. I think like you put her in in dome golf. Like she's, there's she's Rory. Nobody better. Yeah, that's, that's right? yeah, that's pretty. Yeah, that's pretty darn accurate. Um, she just looked cold out there. She's from Florida. Like it just did not look like uh, she, went, she would. She would like putt and she'd go put on a parka. Exactly between <laughs> between holes. I was like, I, I don't, don't like that. I just don't know if it's that cold. It was like the the Forty Niners Packers game yeah, last night. Yeah, yeah. She needed like a you know sideline heater after uh, after she'd three putt. So. I, was, I was tagged in on this one. Anne Murray, super famous Canadian. I have no idea who she is. The Canadians are. <laughs> all over me on Twitter about it. I said, hey, I don't know who this lady is. Uh, she said, I have been watching at Hilton Grand Vacation hashtag women's golf tournament on at NBC Golf for two days and have seen all of 30 seconds of Brooke Anderson, and yet she's only two strokes behind. What is going on? Hashtag golf, hashtag golf channel, hashtag LPGA, at LPGA, hashtag Canadian golf, at Golf Canada, hashtag Golf Canada. Did she call a big flask? Waiting into Amsterdam. First of all, Ann, welcome to the dark side. Yes. We, we're glad to have you here. <laughs> Good to be with you, Ann. Second of all, how did you not know, TC, that her albums have sold 50, 55 million copies worldwide in a 40-year career or one? I'm told that she is Canada's sweetheart. Okay. Well, you need to Many people are you saying. Need to listen to some uh, some of her content here over over the next she couple of weeks. She kind of sounds let like us, a female, like, you know, Brian Adams or something. Come back and let us know what you think next week. Oh, I think well, that, that'll be a takeaway for all of us. We should, we, should, uh, we should all listen to a few albums. Uh, Darcy Rossiter said, Brooke Henderson, a Canadian, wore earmuffs in 52-degree weather in Florida as a Canadian. Should I turn in my passport to the nearest embassy? I put this in here because I want to make this point for those of you that don't know. When you see 52 in Florida, it's damn cold. I grew up in the Midwest. I know cold, okay? It's a different kind of cold. It's a different kind of cold. Low 50s in Florida, it sucks. It's four layers. It's beanies. It's, it's, the, it's the works. Trust me. A 55-degree day, like in the winter in Ohio, you can wear short sleeves. If you get 55 in Florida, it is multiple, multiple layers. Kind of like that that San Francisco cold. Yeah. Yes. You know, it gets in your bones a little bit. Amen. Yeah. We Well, we played, like I said earlier, we played golf yesterday. It was 40 degrees and, and windy. We were the only people on the course. Yeah. And it, it wasn't really raining. It was just like nobody, nobody was interested in being out there. NZ2AZ. Yeah, I put this one in okay. there. Uh Sent this one in. Big Annika fan back in the day, and know she's a casual golfer these days. But is it kind of scummy she's competing as a celebrity at, at her home course? She made the cut in the LPGA tourney at Nona last year and won U.S. Uh, the senior, senior Women's Open. 
Yeah. I struggle. Yeah. Of I was course like, it so, is. So I went back and forth on this. Because we must protect the integrity of the, <laughs> the celebrity, celebrity division. No, Thank no, God for so, Derek Lowe yeah. winning it. Well, that's what I was saying. It's like, on the one hand, I think it's really funny to see, like, the best woman golfer of all time battling Derek Lowe and, like, Mark Mulder <laughs> and John Smoltz, like, just going to battle. Is she from the same tees as them? Uh, I couldn't. I didn't. I think so. I, I think. I, I didn't see that. Like that could have been check. a pretty good equalizer, right? I mean, I think that that concept right there, like very much embodies like Kyle Porter's like normal sport yeah. tweets. You know, <laughs> just like, okay, this is great. Like they're, you know, high level. And she's going against like Larry Fitzgerald, who's like one of the biggest sandbaggers of all well, time. Well, they don't do the they don't do the sandbaggers in this one. Isn't it all the aren't all the celebrities like good players in this uh, event? It seems like the ones that yeah, are, maybe it's not. like Smoltz and Urlacher's uh, not that I good. I think, like, isn't, like, Larry Cable? I think Larry the Oh, Cable yeah, you're right, you're right. All right, I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Uh, Tom Abbott had a great tweet. He went and, like, fished out, uh, no no pun intended here, with Marty Fish, uh, the players' scores and their handicaps. So Marty Fish plays off plus 2.8 and uh, through three rounds. It's basically the, the, his tweet was, ever wondered how you would fare in an LPGA event? Celebs are playing Stableford this week, but from the same tees. Uh, she, and he said, through three rounds, Nelly Court is 13 under. Marty Fish, a plus 2.8 from the same tees, plus 8. Derek Lowe, a point two plus 6. Alfonso Ribeiro, a point three. I don't know about that one, but he was plus 24. Uh, Jack Wagner, a 1.1 handicap, was plus 16. And Josh Beckett, a 2.7 index, was plus 27. God, these pitchers play yeah. play a lot of golf. A lot man. of golf. Well, so, but with, with Annika, it's like, on the one hand, I'm like, yeah, that's fun it's entertaining but it does feel a little like beneath her like i don't you know for her to be playing in the celebrity division for like, sure it kind of also who cares but it also, also who cares yeah. but i i <laughs> i saw that question come in i i was like oh, you know yeah. what i was thinking this i was like struggling with that in my head of where i net out on it i guess i net out on it doesn't matter doesn't this seem like the one turn like the, the <laughs> which is cool. nothing matters no yeah like who who fucking cares <laughs> the whole tournament of champions thing seems like the the easiest event for them to do a co-ed event with yes. the PGA Tour. Like, Definitely. Super limited fields. Uh, you know, you play it, like, shit, you can play it at Kapalua, and you've got, you know, like a course that seems like it would fit LPGA playing styles as well. Kapalua. God damn it. Bruce is going to be all over. <laughs> Kapalua with, with no ta. Karel guy. All right. Let's get to some of the bitching, the rest of the bitching that happened around the world uh, of golf. Before There's a lot, that, a lot more. A lot more. Cash App. Cash App is the easiest way to send, spend, and save your money. You can send or request money from your friends and family when they owe you money for dinner. Could be golf bets, whatever. You've heard us say this many times now. We're doing all bets in Bitcoin this year. Listen, was it a tough week on the crypto markets? Yes, it was. Am I ready to talk about it? No, I'm not. We're, I'm a hodler. We're sticking Shout out this. to all the apes out there. You're confusing two different things. We're not aping right now. Bitcoin <laughs> is the future, blah, blah, blah. Uh, if you register for the Cash App, it comes with a debit card. You can customize and Cash App will laser print it for you, mail it to you. comes with free discounts on places you love called Boost. How many times did we see it uh, when we were out in Denver this week on all the, you know. I paid at the local coffee shop here in, in Jack's. With Cash App. Okay, with, with the Cash App. It is app the future. the little QR. Throw the other apps. If it's a square. Yes. Uh, payment. Yeah. Terminal. Yeah. Throw all the a- other apps out the window. You can use referral code no laying up. It gives new users $15 and Cash App will set aside $10 for each sign up to a 501c3 verified charity of our choice. So basically, the more people that use code no laying up when registering, not only are you getting 15 bucks, but you also help support a charity that matters to us. And also, register for it now. Promo code no laying up because we're going to be doing some contests. We're giving away straight cash. Uh, and I say we as in it, it's Cash App that's giving away, but we're going to be in charge of how to, how to do it. So we're going to take all the credit for it. So no laying up promo code Cash App. 
it is a very, very fun app. Um, all right. Should we get to the Doug Ferguson story on the U.S. Women's Open purse going up? Before that, I forgot to I forgot to crow a little bit. Takumi Kanaya showing up. European tour. TC, come on, man. He was like T25. I'm just saying. He's playing all over the world right now. Uh, he's manipulating. He was, he was <laughs> How's T25. he getting in all these events? <laughs> he's, he's top 50 in the world. How's Exactly. You know, you, see, you're, you're just baiting me on this stuff. Rasmus Hilgard, T20. These guys are coming, man. There's They're like coming. 20 players in that field. All right, let's get to the Doug Ferguson article. The strength of field was better at the Amex. Come on. Come on. Don't bring that weak shit in here. I'll mutumbo that. Uh, all right, that's the Doug Ferguson story for AP Sports. Uh, this was He was interviewing a couple of players with their reaction to the U.S. Women's Open purse going up, which we covered last week. Webb Simpson speaks first. He says, Never, never a good thing when Webb opens his mouth. About <laughs> My first thought was, good for them. It's great to see the women's game getting the attention it deserves. Does the quote end there? It we, we probably would not be talking about it if it did. He continues, my next thought was, if they're doing that, great, but I think the players have a general understanding of how much money they make at each U.S. Open. I would like it to go way up. He's, of course, not talking about the men's side. I'd like to see ours double. We're seeing the Players' Championship at $20 million this year. I think the tour has put a healthy pressure on the majors to increase as well. Here's the deal. We all know they have it or the ability to do it without compromising their business model. As a player, it makes us happy. Not so much that it's more money, but it feels like they're showing us respect. Well, I was looking for the quant. Well, but I don't get no respect. God, I, I forgot the Players' Championship Show was me $20 million. That's how money, Mike. That's so much money. Show Good me God. the money. I mean, like, I don't, I don't know where to start with this. Like, it's just, it's incredible. Like, it's truly incredible to think about how much the men's game dominates the pay scale. And they're two separate markets. I get all the reasons why, but like the second, the second the women get like thrown a bone, one purse, they get one tournament. Yeah, they get to play for ten million dollars. And bang, the pros go straight for complaining how much they get for the U.S. men's open. Snedeker's comments. Snedeker is next. Uh, so that's been the tour policy for so long. Instead of addressing the elephant in the room, four tournaments we have no control over, keep punching up the players to push them to keep up with us. They've always been lagging behind the players. I don't know at what point they have to start catching up. Or what? Yeah. Are you going to skip the U.S. Open? I know. I know. Brant like, Snedeker? You know, at some point it's like there, that the U.S. Open purse is – it's enough, sure. It'll like, should it go up? You know, over the next few years, sure. But like, it like, who says it has to keep up with the players? Exactly. Like, who, who, what? Like these major championships are like, I I don't want to live in like a fairy tale tale world where it's like it's about the glory, it's about the you know the trophies and all no, that. The but money matters. Can these it. tournaments be about the glory? Can these four be about that? You have a whole tour set up to just funnel you the most amount of money possible, bonuses, pension, all of that stuff is the entertainment aspect of golf, all right? You get, that is, and can we let these four tournaments just be, you know, what they are? Can you make the fans make the, like, feel like, feel something watching it? I, I just, like, this is driving me fucking nuts, man. Like, what are we doing here? So they're, they're at what? They're at 12, they're 12 million dollars or more? 12.5, I think, is the purse for the U.S. men's this year. Okay. And in 2017, it was at 12. So, they, yeah, they probably, they probably need to bump it up a little bit, I think, but, you know, and just kind of keep pace with, but, you know, but yeah, like the, the outrage of, you know, oh, you're doing this for the ladies? Like, fuck yeah. off. Yeah, I guess that's the thing. It's like, I, you know, I don't mind 
Webb and Brandt wanting, yeah, I, I would like the U.S. Open purse, but why'd you pick that time to make that, <laughs> yeah. take that stand? Of like, what, like, what's the point? And what's the, so, why appeal? Like, is, is, did they think getting this out to the masses was going to rally the fans to be like, yes, the men deserve more pay? Yeah. I agree with Webb and Brandt Snedeker here. Oh, it's gosh. also fun. I mean, it's doubled over the last like 15 years. The purse has so, <laughs> like that seems pretty good. Too. Well, and I get like when they got when they signed the big Fox deal, like there was some you know there wasn't a big boost right immediately in pay, and some dudes were pretty pissed of like wait a second here, like that deal had a B like for billion in it, and look, I understand that the U.S. Men's Open is what funds the whole organization, and they have they have eight hundred million dollars in like cash reserves. They have a lot of money, and the USGA does. So I do get that, but it's at a certain point, it's just like man, it, it's amazing to take that moment to just be. Like, yes, poor us over here. We need more money in our tournament. Yeah, I think can, that's the, that's the issue I have is the timing of it. Yeah. Like, I, I the you know, the justification or what, it's just it's like, yeah, it's a little tone deaf. Um, and Webb also continues, it's not the money issue I'm upset about. It's an honor to be at the Masters, but as the game has evolved and the revenues have evolved, I think the purse should evolve too. So I'm I'm sure he'll be in uh on some on the phone with the green jackets, you know, making sure they push that through for the, for an increase for sure. in purse. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan Speed said, I don't think the men are going to be upset if we don't get a massive boost. It's great for the game, what's happening with the U.S. Women's Open. I think it will draw more eyeballs because of that. It's more taking a look throughout the other major championships and saying what makes sense. That seems reasonable, right? Reasonable. I think it's still a little bit of, like, crying poor for, like, how much the, the, the majors are getting funding right now. Totally. But it's more reasonable. And it is, like, yes, it's it's a... It's an investment in the game. A lot of companies are starting to trend towards wanting to. There's a great article, I forget if it was on Yahoo, talking about the KPMG Women's PGA, how they were big leaders in this and how companies are starting to line up to, you know, for initiatives that that support diversity and, and women in the workplace. The companies are lining up to spend money on major LPGA tour events. Hopefully that hopefully that trickles into the rest of the LPGA tour. Um, but this is an investment from the US, US, uh, USGA into this event to like hopefully draw more eyeballs on it. And it's also tough, too, because you got you're, we're coming off of 2020 and 2021 where like like there were you know, limited fans for a year. Some of these tournaments were canceled. Like I, I would say give them a, a year or two to get their ducks in a row on yeah. the purse stuff on the men's side. Right. I mean, they've they've had massive build outs canceled and, you know, no fans at Augusta, like all that, you know. So, I don't know. Are we ready for co-crack? Oh, always ready for co-crack. <laughs> My guy, Billy Joel. Coming out with another hit. Let's go. This this was this was the the, the highlight of my week. Uh, listen to this. Coming back from the airport late on a Thursday night. He was on the Five Clubs podcast with Gary Williams. This happens around the 36-minute mark of the Five Clubs podcast. I do recommend you listen to it. Some guys are going on the Five Clubs po podcast. And, and saying some things. And, and you know, he's got them comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> Phil said some things. Yeah. So I'm going to read a lot of quotes from this. He, you know, Gary Williams asked him about Saudi golf and the existential threat to the PGA Tour. And he says... As I said earlier in the show, I'm an independent contractor. I'm trying to take advantage. You know, I've had long conversations with elite players on the PGA Tour. I'm, uh, end quote. I'm going to use a lot of you knows in here because he kind of gets nervous when he starts talking about this. It starts going. Uh, you know, I haven't signed any $20 million contracts or any elevated contracts that would make me want to stay. I want to make as much money as I can in as little time as I can. Competition is good. The Saudi Golf League or the Premier Golf League, whatever you want to call it. 
has gained some traction and created competition for the PGA Tour, and it has in turn increased the purses. So I'm curious to see whether the PGA would have ever increased the purses without that competition. And it's scary to see how much money is out there and how much is held back from players, the people making the money for the tour, end quote. We're going we're gonna to break this down the piece by piece. Best there. case scenario is going to be Kokrak going on an epic heater, which he's played great golf extraordinarily well. But going on an epic heater, bagging a major, winning the players, winning the FedEx Cup, like that would be sick. And then everybody just looks at it and they're like, wait, like, J- like Jason Kokrak just made $18 million this year playing golf. Like Jason Kokrak. <laughs> I mean, and, and how is a PXG troop? An independent contractor. Mm, that's a great question. That's a great point. You know, wouldn't that be like you're you're a mercenary? <laughs> well, so I don't even know where to go <laughs> with all this. It's a defense contractor. <laughs> he calls the Saudi Golf League the Premier Golf League the same thing, which we've got documented many times that is not the case. Um, I kind of am with him on, you know, I think the tour kind of had to changed the way they communicated the increases that were scheduled to come. I think there was always going to be more money flowing in with this new TV deal. Uh, I, I don't quite subscribe to the conspiracy theory of that they would not have upped the, the money at all without this forced competition. But I actually also really appreciate him saying, like, I want to make as much money as I can in as little time as I can. Like, at least he's, he puts his cards it's out honest, there. Yeah. He's got pocket aces, pocket kings, and pocket queens, and he lays them out no, on I, the table. I had this, a similar reaction when I listened to it that, like, it is... It's very soulless, yes. but I appreciate that he's just, you know, he's being very clear about what, what his motivations are, which, and hey, listen, like, it's it's a job for him. He's trying to make as much money as he can in the shortest amount of time. And I also agree with what he, he said there at the beginning was that none of this stuff, with the, the PGA Tour has been, you know, pushed by this competition, so... But, you know, I can't disagree with any of that. That's what kills me when it, whenever anybody says, God, you guys talk about the Saudi stuff way too much. You talk about the PGL stuff way too much. Like, whether or not it ever materializes is almost irrelevant, right? It's it's forced change. Yeah. Listen to him talk about this and tell yeah. me it's not, like, a very, very real thing. So. Saying, hey, I had a long conversation with Jay. Explain yes. some basic guys. Like, I, I Which I'm laughing it. so yeah. much at Jay. Be like, fucking Kokra. Like, yeah. come on, man. Like, I'm trying to deal with Rory. I'm trying to deal with... You know, JT, Jordan, all that. Like, Coke, I, come Mem- on, man. Member-run org, man. They're, they they all count the same. He's, he continues, if someone is going to pay me enough to retire in the next four years, it's more money than I could possibly make winning multiple times on the PGA Tour and being told what to do, Wednesday pro-ams, et cetera. I had a long conversation with Jay, explained some basic ideas, some fundamental stuff that in my mind is common sense. In an everyday business mind, it's not. I just love the idea of, of like, Kokrak explaining the PGA or golf business to Jay Mon. It's like in my mind, if you're the Saudis, like like why are you paying Jason Kokrak twenty million dollars up front? It's fucking Jason Kokrak. No offense, Jason. I don't think their 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 business model is to make a lot of money off this thing, which get we'll get to that. Uh, Kokrak continues. I don't have any intention of going anywhere or signing anything as of right now. You know, cash is king. If someone <laughs> pays me enough money that my kids' kids are going to have a head start on life, I have to take full advantage of that because I'm not a guy that is taking advantage of everything I've been dealt. God, Kokrak sounds like the perfect like day trader, like stay at home dad <laughs> day trader. Like, yo, I'm just I'm flipping these deals, man. Like, I'm seeking alpha out here. You don't even know. I like, just want to. I'm such a businessman. I want to revisit this last line. I'm not a guy that has taken advantage of everything I've been dealt. He's sponsored by Golf Saudi. What is he leaving on the table? Is he, like what? What business opportunities is he saying no to? 
Um, he continues to play the Saudi Golf League, to play 14 events or whatever. Supposedly more than half are going to be in the U.S. You're going to get a big bonus at the beginning of the year. You're going to play for $20 million or whatever. The amount of money that's going to be available to you playing a 64-man field as opposed to playing in 128 or 132 or 156-man field, you're going to make a lot more money in a lot less time frame. As I said, I'm going to try to make as much money as I can, as little time as I can. If the money is right, I would love to go play that tour and play against some of the guys that are going going to go out, uh, out over there. I hate to say the PGA Tour is secondary, but I really don't have a bad choice in this situation. End quote. I would say, like, yes, if you're if you're morally bankrupt, you do not have a bad choice in this situation. But there's one of these two decisions is very different than the other. Yeah, I mean, and, and you got to go hang out with Bryson potentially, allegedly, all the time. Which sucks. But it might be worth the money. Those two those two guys can count their money yeah. together. Um, when asked about being puppets to whitewash a regime that has a poor human rights record, uh, this is when it gets really good. I'm going to have you guys help me through this section if you don't mind, okay? I'm going to have you fill My in a, a particular line uh, within a, what he says here, which I think you're going to be able to figure out pretty quickly what it is. He says, I mean, yeah, I see and I read what people, you know, you know, you know. <laughs> yeah, I remember this part. He got, <laughs> he got nervous. <laughs> he was trying to pick his words. Question me or question what I'm doing based on what the Saudi government. Right now, I'm a representative of the Golf Saudi League. Not, not the league, but Golf Saudi. They're trying to grow the game of golf. And that's what I'm representing is growing, growing the, the game, game of golf. golf. I'm not representing the Saudi government. I'm, you know, not a member of the government. I'm not, I don't live there. It's just something, you know, that they pay me to represent a functional level of growing, growing this game at a global level as opposed to bringing in the government or anything like that. I'm trying to grow, grow this game and be a representative of the game of golf at the highest level. And I want to grow the game, not just here in the United States, but around the globe. And I think that they're taking that step outside the box into trying to grow, grow the, the game. game. They have the financial background to do this, you know, to grow, grow the game. game in a way that we haven't seen before, you know, outside of the PGA tour. Hell yeah. Can you imagine if the Saudis <laughs> offered Coke? Like, Hey, we, we want you to be a part of our government. <laughs> <laughs> See, I was, I'm really glad he, he cleared this up because for all along, I thought he was a part of the Saudi government, but I'm really glad that yeah. he cleared that part of it up. And he goes on to say, uh, yeah, from what I've heard, you know, it is going to happen about the, uh, you know, the Saudi Saudi Golf League. As soon as Phil's pip check clears. <laughs> I think that I legitimately think that's the holdup. Really? Yes. I don't know the time frame. It's hard for me to say because I've had very little conversations with the Saudi Golf League. Yes, they're interested in me, you know, because I represent the Golf Saudi side of it. So I would think I would be a guy they would aim at, but I'm not going to jump ship for a small price tag. <laughs> I'm a top 30 player in the world right now. It's going to take quite a bit for me to go over there and play this league, and I'm interested to see what it has in store. It's not an ideal situation to be involved with Golf Saudi as opposed to the PGA Tour, you know, coming out, uh, out on the PGA Tour. I thought the PGA Tour was going to be the – epitome of my golf career which is I believe you meant to say epitome but uh he's, he pronounces it epitome uh he goes on to say his playing style is exciting and that he draws a little more than the average fan to them which uh i, I would put him very much in the terms of being about as average of a draw as possible but don't crack rules and then he finally finishes with yes i took some money to represent the game of golf i've had some backlash over it, but that's backlash over something that's completely different than what i'm trying to do and what the saudis are trying to put forward going forward I think it's something in their past. It's their own country. It's their own problems. And, of course, here we go. But we have our own problems here in the United States, and I'm not one to point the finger first. I hate seeing a Xavier Musketeer get dragged <laughs> like that. Yeah. 
No, no, no. It's over something completely different. Or this exact thing is designed to distract you from the exact thing that we're talking about here. Putting, dumping money into Vision 2030, paying all this, unre- like by any stretch of the imagination, unreasonable amount of money into the game of golf is designed to normalize what is going on it's already in Saudi happening. Arabia. It's happening. Yeah. And it's like, I don't, I don't know if they are willfully, like if they're aware of this or they truly think that like they're that, that they, their shit doesn't stink so much well, that they're. And then you get the guys that are like, well, what about China? What about, you know, <laughs> it's like China doesn't even want the golfers yes. there. They don't want to host the HSBC. They don't like, I don't know. I it just has it all, man. It just had this like, just, I know what's up here because I'm the one being paid to say this. So you should listen to what I say here over anything else. And it's something that's totally different that everyone's mad about. Well, I mean, one thing I do appreciate is like, Kokrak saying out loud, like the way these guys, he didn't whitewash it. Like he's shamelessly like cash is king. And I disagree with that. And I think it's soulless, but like, at least he's like, unlike some of these other guys, like man enough to say it. So that would be the only credit I would give him. And it's nice to hear someone like speak their truth a little bit. But then he tries to sell us on grow the game as well. Of course. The Saudis don't want to grow the game of golf. Like, like, do not try to spoon feed me that. I know. No, I totally agree with that. I I was talking more of like he's motivated by money, period, point blank. And he is trying to set up his family and his family alone doesn't care where the money's coming from. It's just funny to me. This guy's 36. He's won three times PGA Tour, all of them in the last two years. He's never finished in the top 15 at a major. Like, get the fuck out of here, man. <laughs> Not one person has ever showed up to, like, watch Jason Kokrak play golf, and you're going to act like you haven't been extremely fortunate the way professional golf he's has treated 20, you. He's earned it. Like He's he, made $20 million on yeah. the PGA and he, Tour. Like, all of what you just said is true, and he, in his mind, is expecting to get a $20 million offer. Like, yeah. what world are we living in? That, it's like, amazing. That, like, he doesn't move the needle, but he will. He will probably get that offer. That's incredible. Because they want critical mass on the yep. world world ranking side. Yep. Oh, so that's that. Um, a few other things to get to here uh, as we head towards the back end. Also, a great article from James Corrigan. JC, uh, my guy, our boy. Uh, Henrik Stenson allegedly deciding between being Ryder Cup captain and taking the Saudi money. This is fascinating. <laughs> well, especially I didn't realize he had like financial issues. Like he has in the past. In yeah. the past. So, like, that makes it even more interesting of, like, you know, 20 million, 30 million bucks from the Saudis. Like, he could probably really use the money this at this point in his career. He's done quite well since that he basically lost everything. It was the, the Allen Stanford yeah. thing, right? Yeah. V, like, that was VJ's boy. Yeah. Um, and I think he had another bad financial incident as well. But I... We've ridden past his house at Lake Nono. Like he's fine. Sure. Like we're, it's not. Sure. It's not a major issue. But yeah, gosh, that's a. That's just what a weird. Like imagine this sentence like three years ago. Like Hendrickson has got to decide between taking thirty million dollars of Saudi money versus being the Ryder Cup captain. Like polar opposite ends of like what I love about golf is like the one event that is just about something more than playing golf for money and just the dirtiest fucking money possible. It's the not most even a soulless. guaranteed captaincy no. either it sounds like luke donald's getting all sorts yeah. of robert carlson stuff yeah. yeah i mean yeah carlson's a total dark horse just you know charging hard that's a pretty stark contrast yeah i love the quote you have in here or from corgan's article quote it's a heck of a decision an inner <laughs> member of stenson's codier said it's complicated not only by the huge huge amounts on the offer 
So the, this captaincy could be his one and only chance with so many big Europe figures about to come into the picture for future matches, but then it's far from guaranteed he will get in this time anyway, with Luke obviously having a strong shout and the case for Carlson seemingly strengthening by the day. So, and also I want to cover it. I've previously called on the last two podcasts. I've said I'd heard that the Saudi International would not be aired on Golf Channel. I finally have been corrected on that by one person, put out uh, a call to be corrected, and I gladly have. GC will be tape delaying the, D- the Dude Perfect World Tour and bumping the LPGA coverage to Peacock to make it work for the Saudi cock. International. Can't stop the cock. That's wow. A, that's a beautiful thing, but it will be televised. God, the, the ladies get bumped to the cock so they can show the Saudi, the bone saw. Hmm. How about that? Um, you want to take us to Bob Golby here, TC? I, well, oh, actually, I, yeah, I okay. did. I, I didn't know much about Bob Golby and unfortunately passed away this week, and there was a lot of... Uh, you know, some good articles eulogizing him. I think shout out to Jeff Shackelford. He had a great article on the, is it the quadrilateral? Is that? Yes, his, great like, newsletter. Newsletter. Kind of re- recapping his life and impact. And I, like I said, I didn't know much about him. I kind of wish I would have dug deeper on him before he died. Like, you know, that, that was kind of the catalyst for me doing that. But uh, he's kind of most known for the 68 Masters um, when Roberto DiVincenzo signed an incorrect scorecard. Uh, it actually, he uh, is playing competitor, put down a four when he really had birdie on a three on 17. It's kind of the opposite of what DJ did to me. At, uh, yes. Yes. So it was rough Creek. It was actually like, <laughs> but he turned it in and, and they, you know, per the rules of golf, Bob Golby was, was the champ that broadcast is on YouTube. And I watched the, uh, watched the end and the Butler cabin thing is super oh, awkward, God. black and white. I mean, you know, and then it's like Clifford Roberts is in there and he's kind of, Oh no. You know, he's kind of weirded me out. Like the whole thing, it's like very different than it than it uh, than it is today. So it's it's an interesting thing to go back and watch. And then there's a 2018 piece that uh, Shackford um, linked. Golby finds peace 50 years later. Awesome Golf Digest article. Basically, just him sharing like vignettes or stories from from golf, uh, which is something I would highly recommend people check out. Um, and I didn't realize this, but he took a ton of heat for. Like, that Masters thing was obviously, like, the seminal moment in his life, but he got, like, tons and tons of hate mail for it. Mm. Like, people, like, blamed him, and he was, like, not really comfortable with – he's like, I couldn't say no because it's, like, the rules of golf. If I decided not to take the Masters championship, then I'm basically, you know, saying that I'm bigger than the rules of the game. Right. But then a lot of people were like, you don't deserve this, you know. Well, it would have gone to a playoff, right? He was supposed to go to a Monday playoff. and But since he signed an incorrect scorecard, they – he – he signed, you keep the score you signed for. Keep the score you signed for. So instead of them being tied at 11 under, it was it was 10 under. Um, like in that case, I feel, you know, I feel bad for him in that case because it takes the, some of the shine off yeah. of his thing. Whereas like the Kevin Na thing, when Kevin Na, you know, said he didn't give that putt to DJ. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of that, right? Of like, <laughs> hey, the rules of golf say this. You can't, you can't get around it, right? Yeah. But like. It sounds like he handled it like a class act. Yeah. In the uh, in the Golf Digest piece from 2018, he said, quote, we're at the 50-year mark of that Masters, and history is being kinder to me. Young people especially don't know about the controversy because it was so long ago. To them, I'm just a Masters champion. They'll say, that's so cool. What year did you win? Can you tell me about it? And I'll tell them how I shot 66 on Sunday, the overflowing parking lot, and the letter from Bobby Jones uh, that Bobby Jones wrote me uh, about my shot on the 15th. Time is allowing me to be at peace. And I feel even more proud and satisfied. Bobby Jones said that he he eagled 15, and he said it was the best shot he's ever seen on wow. 15. And you know that's including when was it Saracen took Saracen. it over the trees and stuff. So 
it seems like he was very well liked. His it's the best shot he's ever seen. Not the best <laughs> shot he's ever seen on that hole. Yeah, the uh, um, I didn't know his nephews are uh, Jay Haas is his, his nephew, and and so you know it seems like a good golfing lineage going on with the Golbies. And uh, one other thing I want to shout out is uh, he was in the in the Masters broadcast. He's repping this. He's wearing this original uh, original penguin. Like crispy, like mock neck shirt with just like, and on black and white, the white just pops so good. I, I need to get in touch with the uh, the hitters over at OP, and they need to be making some some of that old school stuff again. So his son Kai's doing the uh, tree farm. That's exactly yeah. That's right. right. That's right. So um, I guess I guess Kai Kai was a really good golfer growing up. Cody told us this, and and then. Uh, he uh, like his cousins just kept beating the shit out of him. So he so he's like, I'm not good enough to play college golf. Well, it turns out his cousin's Bill Ha. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, shout out to uh, to Bob Golby and and the Golby family. It's a it's a bummer that uh, that he passed away. Um, but I you know I felt like that was a kind of a fun little deep dive I, I took today. So life well lived. Ninety two years old. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Then maybe your your annual highlight. Oh of my the year. god! So yeah, that so some you know somber news leading into one of my favorite things. My guy John Minium, we talked about it last year. The twentieth anniversary of the year in review is here. It arrived yesterday at the Kill House. Take in a special back. box in yeah. case you missed it last year. What is the so, year in review? So this is the twentieth anniversary. This guy John Minium lives in Tennessee. Uh, he mails out this booklet, and he's been doing it for, like I said, 20 years. He sends it to basically just to like his friends, like physical mail. It's a physical booklet, and uh, I don't, I'm not really sure how we got on the mailing list, but I'm really glad that we are. <laughs> uh, and this year's review is truly electric. He keeps basically all of his stats. He tracks everything, like how many courses he played, birdies, bogeys, like, the, and it's just this booklet filled with like, uh, it's like a bunch of infographics about how his personal golf game went in in the past year. So a few highlights for people. First one, congrats to Johnny. Knocked off his uh, his goal to golf in all 50 states. He played two rounds in Alaska this year and two rounds in Utah. The so cover, those, the cover art. Set, yes. Settlers Bay up in Alaska. Those were the only two states left on his list, so he's now played golf in all 50 states. Um, unfortunately, lost balls were up 40% year I over year. I that for him, man. Uh, he lost 103 balls over 132 rounds this year. He lost six balls at King and Bear. In Florida, mm. which was sounds like a tough round, and of course, there's some pictures in there of, of John digging through the azaleas, you know, trying to <laughs> trying to find his ball. Birdies were also down this year, 23 uh, percent year over year. 102 birdies uh, in 132 rounds. Um, I'm, I'm sure Randy's happy to know that he 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 got it over the uh, the century mark on the birdies. <laughs> of course, Randy had a goal to get to 100 birdies. Randy got to 34 last year, so I think John's got him there. Scoring average is up 1.7 strokes to 83.4, um, so that's tough. He's and thinking it, too much out there. And I think he called out one stat that that was you know maybe indicative of why the scoring is up. Greens in regulation all time low, 32.7 percent mm. in 2021. Mm. So we hate that. Good news: driving accuracy continues to be <laughs> excellent, 70 percent plus year over year. Wow. Um, and the up and down rate was 21 percent for the year, which it seemed like John was happy with because he kind of highlighted that. Also. I always love his his course his his little one or two sentence. Hell yeah, course reviews. Yeah, he he writes down like a little blurb about every course he played. He played out at Sweetens. He said he loved it. Nothing like it, uh, according to the quote. John played golf with ninety eight different people in twenty twenty one, and I want to give a special shout out to Tony T as his career most loyal playing partner. Three hundred ninety rounds with Tony T over the years. 
Yeah. Jeez. He had 15 free rounds this year. I know. And he, gave, he shouts out high. people that, that uh, treated him <laughs> to, to golf, which is great. So He's know. got a list of every career course he's ever played, 553 career courses. Yes. Uh, I'm kind of pissed. He was down here playing uh, playing the king and the bear. I know. That's why I say he lost six balls out there. And he didn't he didn't holler at well, us. Well, we'll have to get him down here. We'll treat we'll we'll get him the list for uh, for, for a free, free round, round of golf this year. Also, yeah, we'll take him out to Jack's Peak. Not a fan of the Charleston Muni. Uh, said no? front tight, back better. Homage to Rayner. Too hard for a Muni. Mm. Yeah. So we have uh, uh, one other stat that he tracks very closely is uh, John is is still over on hole in ones in his life and isn't feeling super optimistic about it. He said, quote, uh, par three greens and regulation this year were 37%. So basically on two thirds of par threes, I have no chance of making one. Mm. I think 2022 is going to be the year. Uh, so John, keep us posted. If you're listening, I think that hole in one's coming. We're rooting for you. And then he has a section in the back called the 18 question section. First one is from some guy named big Randy. Big Randy asks, how many cups did you hit? Uh, John answers, how do you know I didn't jar one? I hit the hole twice, still no ace. I think John may have misinterpreted what Randy was I, going for I there. I do believe Randy <laughs> is asking you how many cups you hit in total for the year. John, Randy, he wants to know if you're playing real golf or no not. No gimmies. That's the question. No gimmies. How many, what, what's your, what's your gimme, uh, you know, your, your belief on gimmies, John? That's what big Randy's going for, whether or not you're hitting cups. That'd be my challenge for John for next year's book is to give us a total number of times the ball was hold. Yes. Keep track of when you're hitting cups. Uh, you don't have to hit cups every round, but, but you know, you want to you know those rounds when, when it's a, uh, an authentic score. Some great, great pictures in here, too. Yes. This is his best book yet. The rusty um, fan uh, from Highland Park in Alabama. Got a, 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 a picture of a Muscovy duck in here. Um, he got to play Yeaman's Hall. Yes, he did. Uh, so the other thing, another question I liked in here was, uh, you've played enough courses to know what you like. Can you share your insights? John says, I've played courses by 230 different golf course architects. My favorite is Donald Ross. Played 23 Donald Ross courses. Uh, his courses hold up. I like walkable courses. I don't like getting beat up. Quirky is fun, too. Hmm. And I was like, you know what, John? I'm right there with you, bud. I think I like that's that. a good a, a, Good description of what you're looking for. And year in review by the numbers. He says he mailed out about 250 this year and have probably sent out about 3,000 books over the past 20 years. His parting thoughts in the 20th anniversary, golf is a metaphor for life. The only thing that makes golf unfair is the delusion that it should be fair. Wherever you go, there you are. Shout out to John Minium. Shout out to Tyrrell Hatton. It's truly one of my favorite things. I think all the shit we talked about today about pro golf, you know, it, it kind of pisses you off. This is the good stuff. I, I truly, it's a labor of love with, with John, and I, I appreciate that he sends it to us, and I, I get jacked up to read it. Like, who would have <laughs> thought? Like, it makes you want to play golf. Yeah, well, it's like, I, I remember seeing this in, in the Kill House, like, two or three years ago. I was like, what, some, some guy just sent us, like, his stats? Like, what and then I was like, "Yo, this is sweet. This is like, sweet. it's inspiring. It's truly, like, I, a, it's truly a highlight. I, it's a it. highlight because I want to track my stats better and just the dedication to all the stuff that he puts into it. It's it's really really admirable. So and thanks, to, John. And to go beyond the stats and and you know get to why you play the game. I, I I'm I'm a little bit concerned. He's played a hundred and twenty of the five hundred and something courses he's played have been in Florida, hmm. which you know that's he's he's only played one course in Minnesota. He's might be played. why the lost balls counts up. That's true. Well, listen, John, if you're in Florida in 2022, let us know. You, you, 
we would love to uh, get you out to to Jack's Beach and uh, Jack's Beach is not on the not on the it's list. It's not on the yeah. list, which is you know like we got to change that in 2022. So that's our we're, we're laying the gauntlet down to you. Come on down and, and play some golf. But uh, yeah, it just puts me in a good mood. So I I enjoy I enjoy talking about it. It's fucking 20 years. That's so <laughs> sweet. That's so good. Listen, I wanted to clarify something I said last night during at, uh, during the Packers Niners game. Uh, I said a lot of things. <laughs> that game. Well, I don't know where this is going. Uh, I compared Jimmy G to Icarito. Oh, watching Icarito! Watching yeah. Icarito go for the mega. I was I was too busy whooping DJ's ass and Settlers of Catan last night. I I just I freaking just a sh- flawless game, you flawless and, game strategy for me last you night. You and Big T. Yeah, Big T. So a lot of people said, "Man, that's that's really really harsh to to compare your brother to Jimmy G," but. I think there's a lot of similarities there. You know, you're you're a gamer. Uh, you're gonna give it your all. You're gritty. The big right miss, like you you make some inexplicable mistakes, some game management, course management mistakes here and there. I feel like I got more upside than but Jimmy you, G, though. I feel you, like I'm that, with that's you on that. like that's kind of. But you hang in there. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know if I. I'd say he's more Matt Stafford. Like he's like the yeah. tools are there. He, he's gonna put up some numbers. He's gonna do some mind-numbingly dumb stuff every now and then. Kinda, but I like, mean, like, like Jimmy Stafford, Jimmy this year, G like, doesn't really have the electricity. Yeah. Like I feel like I got a little bit more electricity in my golf game specifically than Jimmy. I don't. I don't know if I. That's a fair comp. I, I I'm with you on that. I mean, but, he's but one, he's for one win away from going to two Super Bowls and. What a three or four. I years know, span. but like you know, Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl. Like mm-hmm. he's a, it's, he's it's a, clearly Shanny. Yeah, and no, I don't think Jimmy G. Like Jimmy G. Doesn't you're not like oh my god if he just like the like I feel like uh, Baker Mayfield has more. Like sometimes you see flashes from Mayfield where you're like oh man he's got some upside he makes some throws and then he makes the boneheaded mistakes. The Stafford comp for the year that he's had where he was flawless the first half of the year and then got a little banged up and got a little careless second half of the year and he's really really tailed off, kind of parallels a lot of year rounds i'll take the stafford comp for sure where he and he does make some some dumb he does force things right but jimmy g just feels like he's just not he's pretty average that's fair but thank you for that tc yeah and then yeah tune in this week we'll i'm sure we'll we'll have a trap draw up uh i think i told i told randy and and uh push i said i'm i'm so i think i've lost the plot when it comes to football. What? <laughs> no, you? <laughs> what? Like, but it's like, that's how I, like I was talking to KVV about it today. Like, that's how I enjoy the game, right? I enjoy the game within the game and, and you know, these coaches and everything in context, right? It's been like, a great NFL year. It's been oh, so much awesome. fun. Yeah. Like, last year sucked. Yeah, I these mean, playoffs have been unbelievable. Like, yeah. back-to-back playoffs. weeks of just unbelievable football games. So, what else we got going on in our house this week? Uh, we got a film room coming out. New videos Thursday and Friday. A full breakdown of Solly and I playing an FSGA foursomes event. Uh, we played back in December. I'm excited uh, to watch this. Entering the film room, uh, you know, kind of the cauldron with Justin Huber. NLU young hitter Justin Huber. If it hits the hill, it hits the hill. Exactly. Right. So he's coming back into the film room, back by popular demand. People have been shouting, when are you bringing Huber back? It's like, well, folks, Thursday and Friday this week. Uh, got a newsletter going out right in the email. Uh, it's going to include some fun. It's a content one, some exclusive content from the boys. Uh, they don't know that yet, but uh, it will include that. Uh, and we'll probably have a subscriber special in there from uh, for Pro Shop stuff. You can sign up for that, newsletter.nolayingup.com forward slash subscribe. I'll probably tweet it out too, so don't worry about it. 
Uh, Solly, what's new on the pod side? We got a podcast with Adam Scott coming out Tuesday. Somebody we wanted to have on for quite some time. Uh, the folks at the Dubai, the Slink Dubai Desert Slink. Classic. Nah, yeah, but they they want you to call it the Slink Dubai <laughs> Desert Classic. Uh, Neil, you, what's Slink? What are they all about? Uh, I don't know. I thought I was They're thinking Splunk, a lot of money which is a, the golf like, world. a tech company. I don't know. I don't know about Slink. I got to check it out. As you guys are, you know, giving away free ads here, I'll get back to the, the substance of the <laughs> podcast with Adam Scott, which was great. Talked a lot of golf stuff and uh, great technology. Stevie stories. Yeah. Free ads are out of control on this podcast. <laughs> we got to keep it moving, guys. Uh, you want to tell us about Nest member gifts? Yeah, so member gifts are in the mail. So uh, all the domestic ones went out Wednesday, Thursday. So the ones in the U.S. And then uh, I think the international ones all went out on Friday. So give us a week or two. If you don't see it by uh, the end of the month, let us know. Again, remember, this is for 2021 Nest members. If you signed up in January... What's the Nest? You're on the list for 2020. Uh, the gift will come out next January for 2022 members. Uh, the Nest is our community of avid golfers uh, around the world and uh, includes a bunch of perks. It's our membership platform. It's like a Patreon, except we just get the Patreon part. So yeah. Can, where do people join that? It's our it's our NFT yeah. operation <laughs> is what it is. Um, people can join that uh, nolangup.com forward slash join for more information there. We have a ton of fun with it, and I'm jacked up this year for nest stuff. It might be the year of nesting. I got a lot of ideas. I think it's the year of nesting. You're getting married, too. So I know. It's, it's going to be a lot of nesting this year in 2022. So, uh, so yeah, if you, don't, uh, if you don't see your gift by the end of the month, uh, you can email nest at nolangup.com. But, uh, you know, give us a you know, few days before you start time. hitting the fire alarm. Well, that is going to do it for this week. PGA Tour season officially starting this Wednesday. That's official. This is the event that has moved up I'm a day. Still not convinced. Wednesday through Saturday. It is not Super Bowl week. I do regret the error on that one from the preview podcast. Thank you for all those that continue to remind me of that one. Uh, and yeah, the tournament wraps on or the uh, the tournament wraps Saturdays. We can watch football on Sunday. It's great. We got Corn Ferry on. Uh Sunday through through Wednesday, another Wednesday. Bahamas event. A lot of Bahamas scoring already bucking oh, down there. They skipped a hole today. There was a condor <laughs> was made today. A hole in one on a par five. That was great. Is that what that's called? Yeah, condor. There's a lot of stuff going on down in the Bahamas, which is one of the great traditions. So thanks everyone for tuning in. We'll see you back here next week. Cheers. Cheers. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean that's. Better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! Expect.